So I'll start with the first question, which is, even though I don't have any thoughts of judgment, I still don't feel love or bliss. Instead, I still feel a sad void. What could explain the state I'm in? Well, isn't the statement, I don't feel love or bliss. Isn't that a judgment? You know, I bet you love many things. I bet you experience happiness many times during your day. The problem is that there's a judgment that, oh, if I love my morning coffee or I love this book I'm reading, well, that's different from God's love. That's not the kind of love I'm looking for. There's the judgment. Or if I'm happy because I'm meeting a friend for lunch today, well, that's different from God's bliss or God's happiness, right? Not, that's not the happiness I'm looking for. But isn't it? Why isn't God in the cup of coffee too? Why isn't God in the book you're reading? Why isn't God in the friend you're meeting for lunch? Why don't those things invite you into happiness and bliss? Because they do, you just don't recognize it, right? So that's, again, another part of the aspect of what bhakti yoga opens up within us is the awareness of perfect oneness. It is God within you enjoying the flavor of coffee. Otherwise, how could you possibly enjoy it? So you can experience God union through the taste of coffee if you know that it's actually God tasting it. It's God enjoying the book. It's God you're meeting for lunch who's disguised as your friend, right? So we often will say things like, well, my problem is I understand oneness conceptually, but I just don't experience it. How many of you have felt that? I think we all have felt that. But if we turn that around, we see the truth, right? That the problem is that we experience oneness constantly, but we just don't understand it. <laughs> you see that? The problem is that we don't understand the nature of oneness, but we think we do. That's called a judgment. So that's why the don't know mind is so important. You know, I, I don't, I, I can't know anything unless you reveal it to me. So let me never think I know something. And it's not wrong to know, hey, like, I know practical things. I know that this street leads to that house. I know that this thing is that thing. Practical purposes is fine. That's not what I mean. What I mean is understanding the essence of something. The mind can't do that because everything has layers and layers and layers, depths of understanding that's wanting to be made known to us. So even if you have a profound spiritual experience with something, doing something, don't even let that make you think that you've, you now know it, you've experienced all of it because everything is infinite in nature, right? The, the grain of sand contains the whole universe. So there is no end to the varieties of God union you can have in or through anything. But no matter what you're doing, any, any form of happiness, any form of love for your friends, your family, for objects, any of it, there's only one love. There's only one happiness. And because we project onto it the love and the happiness within ourselves, we think the object has the happiness. You know, you, you might save up for an expensive car. And you, all the time, you're just, you're just waiting for that moment where you can drive that car off the lot and go, oh, yeah, let me hear that engine roar. Yeah, baby, this is the moment of my fulfillment. And you, you are so convinced that the car is giving you happiness or the girl or the guy or the money or the TV show or the whatever. But it's not like I can go into my garage when I'm depressed and just touch my car and all of a sudden I'm happy, like the car transmits happiness into me. You know, after having the car for three to six months, 
doesn't it wear off? Doesn't the excitement wear off? Absolutely it does. Because the ego is now looking for a new pursuit, a new thing to conquer and possess. So it was always a projection of love and happiness onto the car. Where does that projection come from? Who's the source of that projection? I am. So let me not think that the joy I feel driving a fast car or meeting a friend for lunch or anything we would consider ordinary is any different from God union. And when I know that and I, I drink that in in my day-to-day -day life, then when I'm sitting on the meditation cushion and I'm connecting, I can access it so much easier because I'm not differentiating anymore. I'm not saying, oh, God's on the meditation cushion right back here. But as soon as I get up, then it's ordinary life and I got to face the grind, man. You know, that's not it. Bhakti is the practice of learning that you are always experiencing oneness. All separation is imagined. Beautiful. Um, big question is, how am I to love that which I have not experienced? Without the experience of God, God is just an abstract idea uh, in whom I can only imagine that I love. So I think you spoke a little bit more about this, but maybe we can expand on it. Yeah, I won't belabor this too much because we sort of addressed that in the first question, but um, you're very right. You can't, you can't experience an idea, right? You can only see that everything you've ever experienced was God, you know, looking in retrospect. Uh, there's a, a great ACIM quote. It might be a, a daily lesson that says, you are at home in God, but dreaming of separation. So it's like the picture of I'm, I'm taking a nap on God's lap. Now I'm always safe in his loving embrace, but I'm dreaming of nightmares and separation. Like that's kind of the idea of what we're touching on here, that if you think it says, how am I to love that which I haven't experienced? That's the judgment that needs to be overcome. You can't experience anything but God. Uh, this is the nature of duality, right? If you're experiencing anything that reflects love or oneness, that's the nature of the divine. And if you're experiencing anything opposite of that, that's separation or fear, that's the opposite of God's nature, which in and of itself is an experience of God, right? The, the, the negative polarity is the contrast that the source needs to taste the flavors of bitterness and sourness and saltiness or whatever, and go, oh, I don't like those flavors. That's not my nature to enjoy that. And then I taste love and I go, oh, in the contrast of the sourness and bitterness, the sweetness is so much richer. That's why God projects duality in the universe. It's just for contrast. So even when you're experiencing the opposite of God, that in and of itself is teaching you what God is like. So I would throw that away, right? Uh, how am I to love what I haven't experienced? You're trying to love the idea of God that you have, of God should be like this. And when I experience God, it'll show up like that. Do away with that stuff, right? Get into that forgetfulness, that don't know mind of, I have no clue what an experience of God will feel like. I can't know until it happens, but I know that I've never experienced anything else. So I can do some back engineering, right? Any moment of beauty, any moment of love or happiness, it was God's nature. 